This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Urkel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at ruler-hope or online at rulerofhope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about, moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company, and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out. Whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. It's my honor to bring Meredith Shoemate on the podcast. Meredith is the wife of Chris Shoemate, associate head coach for Georgia Southern Basketball. Meredith, thanks for being a part of us today. Thank you. Now, everyone that watches the podcast or listens knows I love these stats. So I'm going to read them out because I enjoy this piece of it. From last season, the Eagles had eighth best scoring defense in school history. The opponent shot 41% of the from the field, which ranked third in the Sun Belt and was the second best field goal percentage defense in a season at Georgia Southern. You guys have been on staffs at Cincinnati, Southern Mess, Tennessee, Western Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, some really cool programs as a part of Georgia Southern. So when you look at it and you hear your life kind of from that perspective and you look at coach, what stands out to you? What do you think makes Coach Shoemate special? Well, I mean, there are, are a lot of things that I feel like make him special, but probably my favorite thing is how professional and um, a mentor and coach that he is um, professionally. So on the job, how he is when he comes home, that hat, he takes that hat off and he is just a fun dad. Um, he is goofy. He dances. Um, he jokes with his players, of course, but nothing like when he comes home to his family and his kids and he just enjoys us. He enjoys his family. Um, but he, he kind of just takes that, you know, um, leader and the person that he is at work and he's just so different at home. And I just love that we get to experience that. Okay, did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? Well, um, I never anticipated to be a coach's wife, but I will say my dad was a high school football coach for over 20 years. Um, So I grew up around football. All of my uncles were football coaches as well. Um, I had one coach at the University of Kentucky. So I've kind of been like in sports and in coaching um, my whole life. So I honestly, I shouldn't be surprised that I married a coach. It was just funny that it's a basketball coach and not a football coach. So you kind of have some built-in mentors if you need, or people to bounce ideas off of or things to go, Hey, this having a fun day or tough day, whatever it may be. Okay. So how did you guys meet? 
Okay, well, we met at Murray State University. Um, I'm from a small town in Western Kentucky, and Chris is from Louisville. Um, he, of course, came on scholarship and played basketball at Murray State, and it's not a huge campus, um, so we had a lot of mutual friends, and we just kind of uh, met, and we were friends for a while, and then he kind of just asked me on a date, and we went from there. And now, how many years have been a coach's wife? 17. 17. Awesome. Yes, and you have three beautiful children. I looked everyone up on social media. They're gorgeous. <laughs> okay. So not every day is the fun day when you're coaching at Georgia Southern and your, your defense is shutting people down and all this. There's tough times in this profession. So I think one of those questions I always love to ask, which is, you know, we all go through those tough moments. It's not an easy profession. So what are some of those things that you have had to kind of overcome and, and, what did you rely on to get through those moments? I say um, the most recent has been telling our, our kids are now 15, 13, and 10. So this last move, it was really difficult to um, have to tell them we were moving from a place they were for four years. And they have made all these wonderful friendships. And um, so just just going through that as our kids have gotten older has been very difficult. Um, just that's the hardest part of it. Like when they were younger, it didn't matter because they just went with it. You know, they didn't know any difference. Our oldest at one point moved, went to five different schools, some in different states. Um, so, but as they're older now, they know. Mm -hmm. They just, they didn't see the difference then. And now it, it's harder so I, I would think that is probably um, what we've had to overcome the most. And then what types of conversations do you have? How do you help them through this process of getting adjusted? Because like you said, when they're younger, you can be like, hey, here's the new jersey. You want, you know, you get them fired up with gear. It's a little bit deeper, you know, when you walk through those things. Are there certain things that you've learned through this process that, you know, hey, you know what, another wife watching. I mean, what right. worked for you when you moved there? Something we always tell all of our kids is that when you're uncomfortable, that's when you grow. Um, my husband took a year off of coaching. And so while we were in um, Cincinnati, he worked in corporate America and he was so nervous that first day. Mm -hmm. And so I got to look at him and I'm like, this is what our kids feel like every time we move. You know, they have to walk into this school. They have to make new friends. They have to figure everything out. And now you're having to do that. So I feel like that's just something we've kind of always implemented. We're like, well, this is you're going to grow from this. So, yes, it's hard. It's going to be tough, but you're going to be a better person in the end. Did you experience that as a high school coach's child growing up or did you not move quite as much or you were in the same state, I guess? Um, I actually did not. I grew up from when I was two years old until I graduated high school um, in the same, you know, uh, city. It's not really a city, small town. Um, so, I mean, I didn't experience this. I have two sisters that their families still live in my hometown, everything. I'm, I'm the different one that got out and I've moved all over the place. So, um, no, I didn't experience that. Something you're having to navigate, definitely. So tell me about D1 relocation. Where did this idea come from? Okay, 
So D1 relocation is something I thought of when um, I want to say maybe the last move. So moving from northern Kentucky, greater Cincinnati area to Statesboro. Um, one, you know, there are times where our husbands tell us, oh, we're moving and we have no clue where this place even is. Right. Like I didn't know where Statesboro, Georgia was. So like looking, you research, you look things up, things like that. Well, I, I have people, you know, other, um, family members, things like that, that have been in the military or work for companies where they have these services, where they help relocate their families. Um, and I'm like, why is there nothing like this in our sport? I mean, I know so many coaches, coaches, wives, that this would be so helpful. Um, so what we do is we help, you know, a family relocate from point A to point B, and we kind of are just there for them. Like my um, vision has always been, there's always that time when your husband gets a job and you can't tell anyone. Like, I know for me, I can't even tell my family. My dad loves knowing secrets and telling them to people. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. So because of that, like, I can't tell my family. So my vision is for the first call to be to, uh, to D1 relocation, where we can start helping you with that process, whether you need to find a realtor, um, where you're moving to. Um, we have a moving company that we have had incredible um, testimonials that people we've moved already really have said nothing but great things. Um, and we also give you a community guide. So in the community guide, it'll tell you, you know, where to call to set up your utilities. Um, what all? We put personal things in there too, banks, um, insurance agents, uh, like, you know, with utilities, trash, electric, water, um, cable and internet, like places that you would call, it's all in there. And if you view it on your phone, you could even just click it, click the number and it calls that place. Mm -hmm. So there's this community guides for that. And then we've also added a moving playbook. So everything you need to do before you move and then the place you're moving to where it's like register your car, um, cancel your insurance at point A, set up insurance at point B, things like that. So um, again, it started with a crazy idea and then we've just found people to um, help me put it into motion. Wow, incredible. And that's absolutely incredible. And I know that obviously I've been someone that's moved a bunch. You can, I don't even know how many times, I kind of honestly... <laughs> Don't want to know how many times it is. Just don't even count. It's been a little bit. But to, to think about honestly where our focus needs to be, if you are one that you know has children, you're raising children, the focus needs to be helping them adapt to the community and you know, making sure that they feel safe and to walk them through that and to take that load off your plate. I'm sure you hear from wives that are like, oh, I'm not having to think about all these things. I can really focus on things that really mean something, which is my, my children and not having to remember all these tasks that it's all organized for me. I'm sure that's probably, you probably hear that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So when do you kind of, I mean, do you have kind of a recommendation or when what's worked or does it 
depend on the sport in terms like when do you move? Do you move for football? A lot of us, you know, get our uh, jobs in January, February, and then some of, some people wait till the end of the school year to move and others. I mean, what's worked for you? Um, well, basketball doesn't end until March, you know, like there's March Madness. And and so usually jobs are around April or May, um, which means that we get to stay through the school year. So a lot of times Chris will move maybe a month or two ahead of us or he'll go and stay there. He won't actually move his things, um, but he'll find, you know, somewhere to stay and live there during that time. So we move in the summer, which is nice because mm -hmm. yeah. we get to finish out the school year, say our goodbyes, move. And then um, once we're there, I can kind of, our, like how we um, go about finding a place to live is since Chris is there, he will find a neighborhood um, that has, you know, kids that you can see families playing outside, maybe a community pool, something like that. And um, so we'll get involved in any sport that would happen over the summer. Um, again, a community pool, something like that. And so that's kind of how I um, have my kids get involved in the community. Definitely. And I do think sports, of course, we're all sports families, but that does help because they can start building relationships before they walk into the scary first day of school for sure and especially when yours are a little bit older it's a little different when you're in middle and high school it can be more of a challenge when you think about of course your whole family's been in coaching for a while but if you think about some of the people that would like to know what it really is like or to kind of shed light on some of the things that we go through what would you say um, about coaching families and some of the tough things that they go through and some of the good things as well yeah, um, something that I think a lot of people don't understand in college sports is there is no off season. Um, I get it all the time. Like, oh, well, what does he do when it's not basketball season? Um, there is no off season. And I know it's the same in football. Um, the sport affects literally every holiday. Um, so just knowing that they're always recruiting, um, they're always – um, traveling, there's always something, um, whether it's, um, you know, having weight training sessions or open gyms or there's always something. So there's no off season in a college sport, in any college sport. So that would probably be something that I would want families to know or people to know that are not involved in coaching. And definitely recruiting. That's a huge piece of it as well. They're always trying. I think you already said that. But a lot of my listeners, because I'm a football wife, right. um, start first started out as a bunch of football wives. And then it has expanded, definitely. Yes. Um, what have you noticed with other friends on your staff? Some of the biggest differences between maybe basketball shed some light on that for us. Like, what do you think some of the differences are? I know you mentioned holidays. It really hits, I think, more of your holidays than some of our holidays. I don't know why. It seemed like you seem like your season's. Yes really hit on all of it. It does hit a lot, but like going back to the moving piece, I feel like it's so much harder for football wives because, you know, your husband, you're, you're either away from your husband until the end of the school year, or you have to move your kids in the middle of it, yeah. you know, over halfway. Um, so, and I have, I do have several football coaches wives that 
they like to move like probably during like a spring break if it's in March because then they can get in, their kids can get into the new school and like meet people before summer so that the next football season they have friends in school. So um, I would say that that is much different. Um, and I give you guys credit because I think that would be terribly difficult to have to, you know, right after holidays, having to pack up all of your things and um, move your kids to a different school and get acclimated. I just, um, creds to the football coaches. But props to the basketball wives because you all have about 30 games that you are being stressed about versus our 12. So, I mean, you, you pick it up there for sure. Yes. So let's talk about the way you connect uh, with your family to the players. Um, I think that's something we come here for this podcast is to kind of learn some things from each other on ways to, you know, especially in this industry right now, it's changed a lot. There's a transfer portal and, and people can come in and out of the program very easily and quickly. But you want to make sure that they feel very valued. So what are those ways that you guys value your players? Well, um, a basketball team is a lot less players than a football team. So we do have um, cookouts. We have them over for food. I feel like food's always a way to a collegiate player's heart. Um, they're not used to home-cooked meals. So usually we try and do something that either I cook or we grill. Um, something just that's not like the cafeteria going in um, and we have, we just have got a basketball court for my son. So they'll play basketball games out there and um, just have a good time with my kids and my family. And we'll have the other coaches and their families over as well. Now for you two, how do you stay connected during the season? Do you have a date night or is it a text here and there? Well, we talk a lot <laughs> during the day. Um, we love walking on campus. We have about a three and a half mile, um, you know, little path around campus that we like to take. And we do that a, probably about four times a week. Oh, wow. um, we also work out at the same gym. So we'll go to the same class together and work out beside each other, things like that. And then we do a lot of lunch dates. So he likes to get away during lunch. So we'll um, go to a local restaurant and have lunch. And then what about for you personally? Do you have any downtime? You're running three kids to different sporting events and all of that. Uh, when I, I, my husband would laugh at this question because he's like, of course she has downtime. Um, but yes, I do. Again, I love working out. That's something I do about five days a week. And then we'll also do our little walks on campus as well. Um, and then I also have a group of women that I play pickleball with about two times a week. So nice. So how long have you been playing pickleball? It is the not thing. very long, actually. I'm not very good. Some of them are very good. And I have learned if you have a tennis background, you're pretty good at pickleball. Okay. But right. I do not. So I do my best. <laughs> it looks I've never played it, but I love ping pong. So I think it's like what the bigger version of that in and some capacity. And it's really fun. Like, and it's a, like you're moving, you get a good sweat. I, I really enjoy it. A good workout. Lots okay. of rules. There are lots of rules. <laughs> okay. I'll have to study up on this. Give me your top two or three favorite all-time coach's wife memories. Okay. 
So I would probably say the first one would be um, in 2011. Um, it was the old Big East. So in ba in the basketball world, the old Big East was like the basketball league. Like it was big time. Um, so we were at Cincinnati and I always went to the Big East tournament with Chris. I would leave my two youngers at home. I didn't have my son yet. So, um, and I would fly with the team to New York. We played in Madison Square Gardens. We weren't very good that year. <laughs> so I think I took maybe two Cincinnati t-shirts and we kept winning. I was there for like five days. I had to go to H&M and buy clothes and underwear. Like it was so unexpected, but so amazing because we beat like Syracuse, who was ranked really high in oh, triple yeah. overtime oh, <laughs> and went to the final game. We lost the in the final game to Louisville, but it was just such an amazing experience. Incredible. Okay. okay. Another well, one. Very good. Okay. Would probably be when um, Chris called to tell me that he took a job where I would no longer have to work and I could stay home with my kids. So I got to do that for about six years. And that was amazing when they were young and they were all three at home. So that is probably a big highlight for me. Oh, without question. <laughs> okay. Rapid fire questions. Okay. Are you ready? I hope. We have about 12. I've added to it. Okay, okay. Fill on the blank. I never do this at a game. I, I'm never quiet at a game. I try really hard. I just can't. If your husband were not a coach, what would he be? Probably in corporate America or something in the business world. Coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on the ticket? I would say like George Strait or Chris Stapleton or Taylor Swift, except I probably wouldn't be invited. He would take my daughters. <laughs> That'd be a father-daughter night. Yes. Favorite place to go in the off season? Any beach. Any beach. I'm with you. You're my people. You Thank get you. a night alone. What are you binge watching? Well, we have been binge watching Suits and we love it. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> What's your go-to comfort food to make? Probably like roast and potatoes or chili. You have to share the recipe with us for sure. <laughs> Been waiting for this question. What sport can you beat Coach Shoemate in? Putt-putt. And funny story, our first date ever, we went to like a putt-putt place. It was like Maggie's Jungle Golf. So they're like animals. So we, he you know, get opens the door for me and is showing me everything. And he pulls out his own putter and ball. We play putt-putt and I kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the no. one sport I can beat him at. Yes. Kept him intrigued. Yes. All right. Nicest opposing fan base. I don't really talk to, I don't really like any opposing <laughs> Perfect. I don't talk to him. <laughs> Nicest arena you've been in besides your own? Probably Thompson Bowling Arena, University of Tennessee. Game day, dress up or dress down? 
definitely dress down. Well, this has been super fun to get to know you, Mary. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Ruler-Hope or online at RulerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.